Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Tonight, we're going to talk about Demons 101 and Acts 15. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Well, thank you, Dorothy. I'm glad to be on here again. It means I'm still here in the land of the living, and you're here too, so I'm very happy. <laughs> uh, some of the things that I've been, uh, people have been calling in at the house here. I have a, a number that's on the internet, and so many people are going through so much demonic attack. I mean, a lot. There were uh, boxes are moving on their table and stuff. Faint uh, noises in the house. Um, uh, people going uh, just change personality on them. All of a sudden, and people don't know what's going on. You know, they say, "Well, they're not supposed to be doing this anymore because all the demons were defeated when Jesus was here, and then the last miracle or the last apostle died when John died." But that's not true. All we had to do is go back in history and see there was miracles all the time. There's still miracles happening today. There's still apostles. There's really apostles that are in the faith. There's also a po- uh, prophets and prophetess. And then there, and people say, all we need now is the pastors and teachers. Well, when the trouble comes, you know, you hear people calling them, and they say, well, uh, just pray more. Just pray more. Well, that's not going to help. The Bible teaches us that we're in a warfare. If Jesus was here in a warfare and he had to fight, what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be fighting too. But see, with uh, the things that we're going through and the things that people are going through right now, I had a, uh, a man, he was riding down the street with his best friend. And all of a sudden, the man's head turned toward him, and he thought he was just playing. He said, I'm the devil. And he said, oh, yeah, okay, man, stop playing. And he looked in the man's eyes and seen that he was not playing. A lot of times manifestations come by people's eyes rolling up in the back of their head and stuff, speaking a language that they don't know, um, having supernatural strength, rejecting anything that has to do with uh, true worship of Christ. They can't stand the cross. They can't stand holy water. They can't stand the Bible. Uh, they can't stand holy oil. And they really cannot stand the presence of God in a, a real believer's life. To give an example, uh, there's some people have went into different buildings. Or I, I just make it personal. Myself, I went to go eat one day at uh, Golden Corral. And while I was there, this lady walked up to me. She said, I know you. I've seen you on TV. I said, yes, ma'am, that was me. She said, can I talk with you? I said, yes, ma'am. And she sat down, and as soon as she sat down, she started growling and barking. Lady didn't even know she was doing this, but everybody in the place could hear her. And they're looking over at our table where I'm sitting. And that I stood up, making a long story short, I stood up and I said, don't worry, I've got this, I'm an exorcist. And when I said that, people's head dropped back in their plate and turned their heads and stuff. Because most people have been taught, you don't want to get involved in the warfare. You need to just keep on praying and keep your eyes closed and don't worry about it. 
and things will work itself out. No. If God says we're in a warfare, we're in a warfare. Now, the thing is, in uh, we're going to start with... Uh, uh, Ephesians, the sixth chapter, starting with the tenth verse. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, starting with the tenth verse. Because, see, if we don't know who we're fighting, what we're fighting, why we're fighting, we're going to be defeated. If you don't prepare for war, then you don't got unprepared for war, and the war is still coming and you're still going to get defeated. And not only you, but your family. And not only them, but your family around you in the church. Church family is going to be defeated. People say, well, let's not talk about that. If we don't, if we don't talk about the devil, then he won't bother us. But Jesus talked about one-third of the Bible about deliverance and demons and stuff. So if he talks about it, why shouldn't we? If he fought them, why shouldn't we? If he taught his disciples to fight the devil, demons, principalities, and powers, why shouldn't we? Because we're not obeying the word of God. If we obey, we got scriptures that we, we need to read, and it reaffirms us who we are in Christ, who we are in this world, and what the, uh, the enemies of darkness is against us. So let's, let's try it. I'm going to go in, as I say, Demons 101. First of all, we got to find out what is a demon. Now, a lot of times people call uh, devils demons, um, principalities demons. They use demons as a catch-all word for everything that's evil, but that's not. Demons is the lowest thing on the, the uh, balance of power. They have different ranks. They have, like, the top rank is Lucifer. You don't get no higher than Lucifer. There's only one Lucifer. It talks about him only one time in the Bible. There's a reason for that. God doesn't do anything by accident. The word Satan is in there so many times, you can get to talking about with an S on it, Satan's. Then they talk about devils. Devils has an S on it. They're lower than Satan's. Then, as I say, then they, after the devils, then there are demons. They're lower than the devils. Now, that's basically the four groups. But before, within those four groups, there are more uh, spiritual authority and they have different names. There is not enough papers to write down all the different names of the spirits of darkness. But our main thing is concern ourselves in which four groups that we have to fight. So to make this very simple, there's, as I told you, Lucifer is the top. But there can be a Lucifer Satan. There can be a Lucifer Devil. They can be a Lucifer demon, but it's not Lucifer. It's that type of rank. It's just like in the military. For those that's ever been in the military, ROTC and stuff, you know, you have your generals, you have your colonels, you have your majors, you have your uh, lieutenants and stuff. Then you have 
people under them, which are called non-commissioned officers. Just because they have an officer in their name doesn't make them high-ranking, but they're under the rank, and that's what we, we call demons. All right? So, the, uh, first of all, let's study a little bit about what Paul said about uh, the demonic world, and that is Ephesians 6 and 10. It says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, that's, a lot of times we just read over things. Oh, that sounds good. What does that mean? That's the thing. We need to know what it means. For the Bible tells us, with all your getting, get an understanding. God hides things. I'm telling you, I'll show you that later on. He hides things. And then he tells us to come and discover what he's hiding. Because lazy people are not going to get the understanding of what God's word says. They will not be able to uh, understand how does the word work. Because if you work the word, the word will work for you. But how do it work? So let's go back to the 10th verse again. It says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. Well, who is the Lord? As uh, The word Lord also means word. So be strong in the word and in the power of his might. In other words, knowledge is power. The Bible tells us my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is power. So in other words, when it says, brother, be strong in the Lord, be strong in the word, you've got to know the scriptures. You've got to be able to quote scriptures. You've got to be able to eat and sleep on scriptures because those scriptures are going to be the weapons that you're going to use on your warfare. Now, the warfare weapons are the book of Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics. Those are the simple part. They're easier to, to look up and find. But some more weapons are like in uh, Malachi, uh, uh, Judges, um, other scriptures like that. Like to give you an example, when it says, what does God require of you? And I think that's Micah 6 and 8. And that is to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Well, who is God? The Word, the Lord. It's the Word. It's the Bible. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. To be able to fight the devil, you've got to be able to know the Word. So here you are, putting on the whole armor of God. In other words, putting the Word inside of you. And then it says, uh, the 11 says, the whole armor, not some of the armor, the whole armor, that you'll be able to stand against the wiles. And the word wiles means tricks. The devil is a tricky being. He has 6,000 years of experience to beat over mankind here, but no long, and no, no telling how long other information that he had way before we got here. But he's been dealing with man for almost 6,000 years, so he knows the weapons to use against us, and it's usually the same one, the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Usually within one of those three weapons, he's able to whoop us. But those that know their God, 
That's the word. Those that know their God will do great exploits. We're able to put on our the armor of God and be able to fight back. So it says, the 12th verse, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you back again. And if God says something twice, you need to listen. The whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, or the days of tricks, the days of deception, the day that you're going to be seduced to the dark side. And many of Christians have went to the dark side. Well, I would never turn my back on Jesus. You don't know what you do when you're going through troubles. He ain't working. Let me try something else. And then it says, having done all to stand. Then you see there's a period right there. Then it says, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, listen to that, above all, taking the shield of faith, where you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, let's go back and look that over. Let's analyze that. When the Bible says for you to meditate upon the word of God day and night, a, uh, if any of you ever had been on a farm, you watch a cow. He'll start eating on the grass, chew it for a while, then he swallows it, then he regurgitates it and he starts eating again. Well, that's the same thing for the word meditation. It ain't sitting up there in the lotus position saying arms, arms, arms. Meditation means think about what you just read and then rethink it again and look at it from another point or another stand, uh, another understanding. But read it. Keep reading it. Go over the things. You might have to go to some verses 10 or 15 times so you can get a little understanding. Because as I told you, God hides things. He doesn't make it easy for us. So the more you study, the more you read, the more you'll start the understanding. So it says that if you put on the, the 11th verse again, if you put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the tricks of the devil, then it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. People are not the problem. And that's the hardest thing to get over. Well, you just don't what you don't know what my mother did to me. You don't know what my brother did to me. You don't know what I've been through. People are not the problem. The Bible says the problem is but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Well, first of all, we got to find out what is a principality. A principality is another name for prince or princesses. There are all kinds of things in the spiritual realm that we know not of, but they affect us. Like there's one spirit called the queen of the uh, sea. Now, people say, well, I never read about no queen of the sea. And what does that have to do with me? Well, a lot of people, when you start to study in the kingdom of darkness, you'll find out it is related under the sea. Under the sea. 
And there is a kingdom called the marine kingdom. And they affect us up here. We have uh, some people that, like if you're over to Africa and you get near their waters and stuff, their springs and things, they have spirits in there. And if you don't pay a sacrifice, those spirits will kill you. They have many testimonies of where people have been underwater and did not drown going into the marine uh, kingdom. And the, the one that runs that kingdom is called the queen of the sea. Then you have, uh, you have kings in there. You have princesses in there. So here's principalities again. When Daniel had been praying and the prince of Persia hindered his prayers for 21 days, that was a principality. They have a certain area they're in charge of. So it's good to know these things, but it's also better to know what to do to fight them. So then it says, against powers, there are different types of spirit beings, spirit beings, that they have uh, certain things that they are in charge of. Let's say under principality, let's say principality's got maybe 25 powers working with him, and that 25 powers, one of the powers is seduction, lying, murder, killing. Then there's, under them, there's another one called against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Those things they call rulers, they're usually called spirit of darkness. Spirit of darkness. And what that means is that um, these spiritual beings here, they operate closer to human beings to destroy marriages, destroy their thoughts, to make people paranoid, a lot of paranoid people because of the spirit of darkness. And so you remember that. And then it says, uh, again, spiritual wickedness in high places. Well, from what we studied, as I say, nobody knows everything, nobody. But what we have studied, most of when we talk about uh, high places, we're talking about spirit beings in the second heaven or in the air. That's why Satan is called the prince of the air. And like I always say, the Bible always interprets itself. You just got to take time to read it. You got to take time to study it. You got time. You got to take time to meditate upon that, so that you'll know what's going on. Now it says, "Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day." When is the evil day? Every day is evil. All you do is go back to the book of Matthew and read the last part of it, where Jesus said, "Every day is evil," and so don't worry about tomorrow. Take care of the evil of the day, having done all to stand. Now, I'll give you an example about those things, is that uh, the more you fight back, the more Satan will run from you. But he's not going to run like a coward. He is one of these people that are are, are uh, stubborn, stubborn spirits. They ain't going to give up right away. So you have to fight hard to get them out of your mind. And they call your mind their house. That's why when the Bible talks about when a spirit goes out of a person, it's out of your mind. That's why we have the word lunatic. That means you're 
affected by the gravity of the moon, and you're losing uh, control. But those that know their God, know the word of God, is able to fight and be able to stand, and they're doing all they can to stand. And then the more you do it, the Bible will come more alive to you, which says, um, if you submit yourself unto God, which is the word, resist the devil, that means fight back, he will run from you. It doesn't say he run from God. It says he'll run from you. Why? Because greater is he who's in you, which is the word, than he who's in the world. The Bible always interprets itself. It says, then stand for having your lines girded about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness. Now, what is your loins and what is truth? Truth is the inner part of your heart. In other words, you know the difference between a lie and the truth. If you practice being truthful and listen to the truth and speaking the truth, the truth becomes a part of you. And when it becomes a part of you, then the word of God, which is the spirit of God, becomes a part of you. And the word is called emet, E-M-E-T, emet, which means truth. That's the Hebrew word, truth. And that's what you want to walk in, spirit as in truth. Our God is the God of truth. That's why when they used to go to court, they say, I, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me emit our God. Okay. So anyway, we'll talk about that in a few. Having the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness. They say, oh, we got the righteousness of Christ. Yes, we do, to do what is right. That's what righteousness means, to do what's right. We have the power to do what's right, but we also have the power to do what's wrong. We have a choice to make, and that's why when it says, what does God require of us? And it says to do justly. What is justly? That means to do what is right or unjustly, to do what's wrong. Life and death is in the power of our tongue or the way we speak or think. That's why we have to steady pull in the words that's out of order and put them under the uh, captivity of God's word and change it because thoughts are going to come to you. So I want you to stop beating yourself up, men that uh, lusting at women, and say, oh, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. You ain't guilty until you you agree with that thought. Yes, lust can come in and go out. It's just like somebody taking a bottle of whiskey and poured it all over you and poured it in your mouth. Does that make you an alcoholic? And the answer is no. Somebody else is doing it, and that's what Satan does. He pours those thoughts in your head, but until you agree with them, then you're not guilty. Then it says, uh, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In Hebrew, that word is called shalom. And what is uh, shalom is another word for Zion, which is another word for Jerusalem, which means foundation of peace. You should be putting a foundation of peace to try to get along with everybody if, and there's a big word, if possible. Everybody's not going to let you get along with them. Everybody who says they're your friend or a Christian and a Christian, you have to discern on who that you let in your life and whom you fellowship with. 
Well, there's many people out here. They're on their way to hell, and they want to take as many people with them as possible because misery loves company. That's why you got so many depressed people out here. Then it says in the 16th verse, above all, taking the shield of faith where you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, a lot of people say, well, what does that mean? It is being able to uh, to what we call parry left and parry right when I was in the military. It's like uh, you fight with these things, and if somebody hits you, you use a blow to defend yourself, knock it off one direction or knock it off the other. Well, these fiery darts are real. This lady was at a beautician shop, and the Lord had given her the ability to see evil. And this lady was a witch, and she had had these darts in her hand. And each one of those darts had names on there, like worry, depression, stealing, lust, murder. And she was taking those things and throwing it into to the people that were there at the beautician shop. And this lady saw it. And she did not try to hide it. She said, listen, this lady is throwing darts into people. And the lady said, you sound crazy. And, then, and the person who does not know what that meant, they think this lady's too crazy too because they ain't seen nobody in there with no darts. But see, the thing was God gave her the ability where she could see this. So she's embarrassed. Anybody that's a Christian, you're going to be embarrassed from time to time. You're going to be offended from time to time. Because if you tell the truth, <laughs> they, people don't want to hear the truth. Because that means they got to do something. So anyway, she went outside, and the lady who was a witch came outside afterward and said, I don't know how you've seen that, but you ain't supposed to be able to see it. She admitted it. So as I say, the main thing is, Use the word of God. It's the shield of faith to be able to uh, knock down all the fairy darts of the wicked. Then it says, take the helmet of salvation and, maybe right-click to it, (laughs) and the sword of the spirit, which is, and as I told you, the Bible interprets itself, which is what? The word of God. Now, what is the helmet of salvation? That's to have your mind uh, in some parts where Paul says, have the mind of Christ. Because the uh, the human mind cannot figure out the things of the spirit. Those things of the spirit are are figured out by the spirit. And then that you are uh, putting on the helmet of salvation, you say, I know that I'm saved, that the Holy Spirit is moving in me, and I ask the Holy Spirit, to lead me and guide me into everything. For he guides you and leads you and guides you into all truth. Truth. He don't tell you everything, but he'll lead you and guide you. That way you can study. And the more you study, the greater you become. You know, the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, that a workman need not be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth. In other words, there's many truths out here. But if you don't know how to put it together, that's another class that I had to teach on, how to put it together, then you'll miss what is being taught. But for let's go one-on-one, the baby steps. This is the thing is, is getting to understand there is protection. There is a way of fighting back. 
and that it is the word of God. Then it says, praying always with all prayer, not some prayer, all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching until all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, here's the thing that most people don't understand. In Hebrew, a word can be 10 things at the same time. It could be 100 different things. It could even be just one thing. You have to know how is the word being used. So in 18, when it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, it means the word spirit there means understanding. Just not be babbling something. Pray with understanding. Like I tell people all the time when they ask me, will you pray for me? I say, what do you want the Lord to do for you? In other words, if I'm going to pray for you, I ain't going to do no shotgun prayers, just Lord bless them and stuff. No, I want specifics. So that way when I pray for you, you know it's Jesus that did it. It's Jesus that brought it to pass. And I don't mean, well, let me see, and hope for this to work. No. I'm praying that the Lord will manifest himself and show himself strong to you, not to me, to you. And that way you will have your faith build up in that Jesus Christ hears your prayers. All right. And then it says, uh, and it's for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery. Mystery means something that is hidden of the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? Okay, as I say, that's all help doing deliverance. It's all helping doing the demons and stuff. It is the prophecy of what said all the way back from the beginning, Genesis, all the way to the book of Revelation. That is the gospel. It is the revelation of Jesus, who is the word. He is the gospel. It starts off where it says in Genesis 3 and 15, where it says that uh, he would bruise Jesus' heel, or the son's heel, and he would bruise his head, the devil's head. And the prophecies have been going forth ever since. That is the mystery of the gospel. All right. So has anybody got any questions out there? This is a good time to call in. As I say, I'm just setting you up right now so that you'll be able to fight back. You need to be able to fight back. So will you give them the number, Mary? I mean, Dorothy? The number is 646-595-4784. Oh, and 702 has raised his hand. Let me say my little blurb, and then I'll open your mic, because I promise I'd say this. If you if you yep. would like to partner financially in this ministry, you can use PayPal. See, I'm nervous saying this. <laughs> and I have it connected to my Hotmail, which is dchurchy1 at hotmail.com. That's D-C-H-U-R-C-H-Y, the number one, at hotmail.com. So, okay. Area code 702, your mic is open. Hello. 702? Hello, 702. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. How you doing? (laughs) 
I'm doing well. Sorry, I had you hooked up to some speakers. Thought I could listen to both at the same time. Um, oh, so, I hear you. Yes, sir. Let me just jump right in. So, now, you've been talking about all these weapons. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, all right, so we're fighting. We're in a war. War is all the mm-hmm. time. Okay, so... Um. We've got the sword, but so is it only a sword? So it's the word of God, but if I, like, I put on the armor today, and I did draw out the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, but if I want to use my imagination, not not being silly, but visualizing, mm-hmm. um, okay, I've got this sword, but maybe I, I look and I imagine there's my enemy over there, uh, and they're watching me from, I don't know, some bushes planting an ambush. Do I want to take and throw mm-hmm. my sword over there? I'm sure I could. But could I also imagine um, a bow? Like I imagine I take and I, I pull and loose a Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit arrow over there. Mm-hmm. Is that something that, um, I don't want to say is real, but is that like feasible? Is it to the same okay. effect or yes, sir? Okay, it that is a good a question. Yeah. Okay, that is a good question. And the answer is the Bible always, always interprets itself. And one of the ways to find out, are we using, are we on the same uh, page with, with God's word say? We'd have to go to Mark, the 11th chapter, and the 23rd verse. Mark, the 11th chapter, and the 23rd verse. Actually, we need to start the 22nd. And Jesus had just cursed the fig tree just then, and the fig tree weathered away and died from the roots. Now, when he said it, it didn't happen. But in his mind, it was already set up to do this, and that's how that uh, he was able to do this because it was in his thoughts. And read what the Bible says. It says, Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, or what does the word heart mean? In his mind, but shall believe, believe what? Those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. In other words, God didn't, God didn't tell us imagination is bad. No, he said bringing down the uh, imagination that casts itself or tried to overcome the word of God. But here, like uh, like you're fighting your enemy, and you say, wow, they got all kinds of weapons, the the, uh, the witches and warlocks, just like they got those flaming so uh, flaming uh, darts. The darts. We can have, mm-hmm, we can have flaming arrows. We right. can have the hammer of God. Where did that come from? Reading in the scriptures, and we've seen it, and and when we get ready to go into combat, our mind has got to be focused on the weapon we're using and against the spirit we're fighting. Now, here's the only thing about that. If you're fighting a water spirit, and you're using water on that thing, you know, I'm using more water, but it's a water spirit. It's not going to affect it. 
It's just like us humans. We have certain things that are our weaknesses. So if I'm going to be fighting a water demon, I'm going to be using fire. If I'm going to be fighting a, uh, uh, a, a spirit in the air, then I'm going to use a weapon to use against that spirit in the air. Now I can use um, I can use fire. I can use water. Whatever's going to pull that spirit down, earth. But see, I've got to have it pictured in my mind. It's not a new age teaching or anything because I just read it in the Bible. So right, it's there. So you mm-hmm. use the weapons. That's why it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That's why people that are carnal-minded will never understand this. But mighty through God, and who is God? The Word. The Word. To pull down the strongholds. So it's the Word we have to use. A lot of times, see, the witches and warlocks and all these other people, they know what they're doing. They practice their craft. That's why they call them witchcraft. They practice their craft. They are taught about spiritual things. They ain't trying to use natural things. They're using spiritual things. And we, as the body of Christ, have got to learn how to fight back. Because if we don't, the scriptures, which is a parable, came, will come to pass. The children of the kingdom of darkness are smarter than the children of light. And what does light mean? Understanding. That's why we have to steady study and then put to practice what we study. So... Did I answer your question? You did, but I had I had a a part two to it. Okay. Yes, sir. So okay. Now we know right, so I can envision the manifest of the word differently than just the sword all the time. Great. So right. applying mm-hmm. that. Yes, sir. So applying that now. So for case example, let's say opened up to the book of Psalms and read out a psalm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was a weapon, right? Yes. Uh, per se. Yes, sir. Okay. And so I just it, it also, um, let's say, because it's a psalm, so it's a song. Let's say I also sang it out loud as a, as a praise to God. So mm-hmm. then also, as the word tells us, Every praise is, is the two-edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I made that yeah. that weapon extra sharp. <laughs> okay. There you go. Yes, sir. So um, kind of going on to these teachings you've had lately about the vibrations and these frequencies. And mm-hmm. things. So I imagine, so that was, you know, my vocal cords were vibrating to make the sound of that word come out. So here in mm-hmm. the natural realm, I was thinking, okay, so I made this sound of the word of God with the intent. So I prayed it, and I loosened it out, and I, did, I, I verbally said that that's what I was loosening it out to do. And I, I asked the Lord to put it against uh, the unclean spirits, the wicked spirits, mm-hmm. behind the scenes and behind the people, Um which are against me or those that I'm praying for. And so mm-hmm. I was, is that, is is that how to deploy these weapons kind of, is that how to uh, 
make my my prayer more than just prayer, but an actual warfare. Like it's that how I draw right, out the right. sword, and then that's how I go over there. And you know, it's not like I'm physically doing it or even spiritually, but the Lord hears His word, and the angels watch over it to perform it. There so it is in action. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's that's, oh, that's why with the with the Hebrew letters, you got the fifth Hebrew letter, which is called Hey. You go Aleph, Beth, Gimel, Dalit, Hey. Hey is the fifth letter of the Hebrew letters uh, alphabet, and it's not like ours. It has words. It means things. And it, the fifth one says thought. That means you get first of all, you got to have it in your mind. God created everything by thought first. Then He spoke. Mm. And then the Holy Spirit with the action, it happened. So thoughts speak action. Even God put that in his alphabet. This is how everything is created. Vibration, frequency, and noise. Vibration, frequency, and noise. In fact, uh, one man was on TV the other day talking about how he saw the angels. And as the angels were flapping, flapping their wings and stuff, he asked the Lord, why are they doing this? He asked the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, the vibration sets up the things that God's getting ready to do. And that's when you start to minister. And if you're going to minister in the prophecy, if you see the angels' wings are uh, vibrating, start prophesying. Because it's not you prophesying. It's the Spirit of God prophesying through you. That's why I tell people when they talk about having spiritual gifts, you don't really have spiritual gifts. The reason is because you're not in charge of those things, but you have abilities. You know, I had people tell me they want to come to my church and they're going to prophesy to everybody in my church. And I, I heard that word, I'm going to prophesy to everybody, and that made me, nope, you're not coming. But the thing is, always, always, always go back to the word. And just like you asked about the singing and the two-edged sword, I told you the Bible interprets itself, so... Psalms uh, 149, it says this. It says, praise thee the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. You remember you said you made up songs? And praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let their praise, uh, let them praise his name or his authority in the dance. That's an action. So you got to do something. Let them sing praises unto him with a tamper or a harp. That's why we have musical instruments in the church and stuff. The Lord takes pleasure in his people. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Salvation is another word for healing and saving. You can be either one. So-so, which is healing or deliverance. Let the saints be joyful. In glory, let them sing aloud upon their bed. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Well, hand is another word for, in Hebrew, it means thought. That's why, you know, when I told you earlier, the fifth letter of the Hebrew, thought, speak, and action. That's what uh, hand means, thought. To execute just uh, vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people. To bind their kings. See how this weapon, we can bind the kings. And just like I was talking about earlier, principalities and stuff like that. And under them they have uh, authorities and stuff like that and powers. 
They have their kings and king, uh, queens and all this under there. They have what right. they call dukes and stuff like that. All this is into the kingdom. So we have the power to bind their king chains and their nobles or princes with feathers of iron. And then we got power to lock them down, to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor has all his strength. Praise ye the Lord. It didn't say everybody has it. It says his saints. The more you sanctify yourself by setting yourself apart to study to the Lord, the more you praise God, the more you want to know about God, the more you're willing to put it to practice. In other words, I can tell you how to box, but until you actually throw a, a punch, you'll never know how to box. You got to get up there and you got to, and like when I was growing up, one of the things that we had to say, you got to take a lick to give a lick. In other words, if you can't stand to get hit, if you can't stand to be hit, then don't get into the fight. Yes, sir. So mm-hmm. the culmination, you did answer the question, but the culmination to the last part of it, what I was going to say is, so, and even doing that, let's say if you're a uh, beginning Christian who maybe hasn't been baptized yet, but you had the good fortune mm-hmm. to get to the right teaching, but you haven't been mm-hmm. baptized necessarily to where maybe you don't have the Holy Spirit yet, but you, okay. you believe on God, on on, on the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, do you? Uh, does it? Would it still work for the the uh, beginning Christian? Is it still as powerful? Okay. All right. As I say, one of the things is, and you'll always hear me say it over and over and over again: the Bible always interprets itself. If you get over to Acts 19, you'll find out when John. Uh, when Paul was in a place where they had received the word and everything, he said, uh, have you received the Holy uh, Spirit? And they said, what Holy Spirit? We ain't even heard of it. So let's go to Acts, the 19th chapter, starting with the first verse. And it came to pass that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the upper part of the Ephatha and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. So in other words, you can be saved, you hear me, and not know about the Holy Ghost. The Baptism in the water is one thing. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is another. A lot of people say, well, if you get baptized in the water, you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. That is not what the Bible teaches. You can be baptized in the water and not baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit and not been baptized in the water. So this is why we search these things out to see what is true. Be like the Berean. Don't don't even accept what I teach you. Study it for yourself. So I'm just trying to let you see there that a a, a person is a baby Christian being baptized in the water. Let's finish this thing right quick then. He said, unto them, the third verse, under what were you baptized? They say we were baptized unto John's baptism. Well, you got to check out what is John's baptism. And then it says, then Paul said, verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. See, the Bible always reads in terms of itself, saying unto the people that which you should believe on, on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when Paul laid his hands 
thought. Remember what I told y'all? God upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. That's when you get the Holy Spirit. One of the nine gifts is going to operate in your ministry. You may you may have it and don't even know that it's operating in you. But all of a sudden, the more you you stay around believers and stuff, all of a sudden you'll start moving into that spirit realm. And as I say, in the spirit realm, there's good and evil. So this is why you want to stay with the good. You have to stay in the word. You have to speak the word, and you have to practice the word. You can't just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Did that answer your question? Absolutely. And gave me a little bit more to think on. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, I thank you, Brother James. That's all I have for you. Well, I thank you, Brother Daniel. I'm glad to hear from you as usual. And I'll be talking to you again. All right. Anybody else got any questions before I start teaching on spiritual warfare? Yes, we've got area code 814. Area code 814, I just opened your mic. Hello, this is Greg from Pennsylvania. Hello, Greg. Hi. Yeah, this wasn't the question I was going to ask, but in light of what the last caller said, uh, just recently I was using a meditation I made where I took two scriptures. One had to do with how uh, as far as the East is from the West, so he removed our transgressions from us. And the right. other one with uh, Isaiah and He'll make our garments as white as wool. And what I did was uh, on the MP3, I just made a track where I talked about how God was using this like a vacuum cleaner in my house and pulling out Mm -hmm. the debris, the garbage. And I would label it like thoughts of, I don't know, uh, murder, depression, any Mm -hmm. filthy thing. For some reason, that works 10 times a lot better than just using the scripture. And I just put that on a loop and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in times past, I've used that for a lot of different things, especially when I'm sleeping. Just, mm-hmm. you know, because of that, as he has removed our, you know, as far as east is from the west, you know, some people are always wondering about where do they send stuff? Well, that answered it. <laughs> With a vacuum cleaner, mm-hmm. you know, would send it. So, but, but the question I really wanted to ask was about, God's been speaking to me a lot lately uh, that kindness and charity work is going to do a whole lot of the spiritual warfare. And I was one of the issues that I was looking at was if you think that because of where the church has gone, as far as, you know, lots of building projects uh, and really letting the government take care of the charity work. If you think that maybe has brought us to a a lower level of love that has made us more vulnerable because love and good, the good works in Christ cover a lot of sin, according to what Jesus said. And uh, I'm wondering if that makes it not only more vulnerable, but where people are breaking a whole lot more curses than they normally would if they would just be doing the works that Jesus commanded, but the church isn't going to be right. mobilized. That's a, that's a good question, too. But if you look at the church nowadays, they're, they're into what they call ultra grace. In other words, 
well, God knows we're only human, and God knows this. And listen, if you go back and read what Jesus said, remember I tell you, you heard me say a minute ago, the Bible always interprets itself. He says, be holy as I'm holy, be perfect as I am perfect. That means for you to strive every day. You ain't going to make it every day, but you strive every day to get up to be perfect. And because of that, and just like you said, you use scriptures together. Remember, I just got through teaching that it's all in the mind. If you can believe the word of God, putting it in your mind, you can get things done from the spirit realm. That's when the devil hates us the most because we walk not by sight, but we walk by the spirit. We walk by things we do not see and things we do not understand because we're not uh, didn't create this world. God did, and he is a supernatural being. And because of this, we have power for those that believe and trust. You got to trust the word. Trust that whatever the Bible says will come to pass. All right. Is it? Is, did I answer Amen. your question? Okay. Amen. Any other questions you have? No, but uh, I enjoy what you're saying because, uh, you know, I've been questioning how much I should be using my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as and you know, I didn't want to get off into visualizations. New age. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, know. I had issues with that. And you know, different Let's preachers see. talk about different mm-hmm. things, and I believe we have. Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. One of the things is that uh, Satan always imitates God's word. He imitates God. So what we have to do, what we call a new age. Uh, things and stuff is really what God has already put in there, and He's changing things by, uh, as they say, like a, a crooked tree, He crooked things. Even though this is the thing that we need, like we talk about, uh, Paul went to the third heaven, but Paul was still alive and he went to the third heaven. But we say, oh no, you're not supposed to go out of the body experience. Only God can do that for you. If it's needed, if it's not needed, it ain't going to happen. And also, the church, as I said, I've been saying this for over 40 years now, the church is out of order. It's out of order. Out of, I say out of uh, 90, 90% of the church is out of order. They want to try to be like the world. Let's let's play the world of music and get get the church. Come on, get the people up with the church. Now we we can be singing and jam and everything. Else. Listen, we're here to please God, not to please ourselves. He created us for His pleasure, but yet still we're going to try to make it our pleasure. And the way church is teaching nowadays, how much do you hear about spiritual warfare? Very little. How many churches do you go to and you see miracles happening? Uh, where I go, I see miracles happening all the time, blind eyes open, deaf ears open. There were like four different movements in the early church. I'm talking about like the 1900s where the, there was the uh, Word of Faith, where, uh, what was it, a place called uh, Zeusa Street. And the building was on completely on fire. And people were inside the building. They called the fire department. They had news people out there. The building was on fire, but it was not consumed. The people inside was not burned up, but they were getting healed. Supernatural. Then you had uh, other movements where people would come to the church and 
lady, uh, what's her name, Catherine Kuhlman, would call out their conditions, and she she let you know she was not the healer. By by calling out the condition, people say, that's me, that's me, and they get healed. This one preacher uh, had this baby, had 21 different things wrong with me. A.A. Allen was his name. 21 different things wrong with this baby. Had no eyes, no earlobes, club feet and all this. He cried and walked with that baby, cried and walked with that baby. And as he was crying and walking with that baby, the baby's eyes came open. Then his ears started growing right in front of the people. The club feet straightened out and the toes came out. See, these are the realms that we're supposed to be walking in. Because the, the, uh, the, the kingdom of darkness is sending curses to do the opposite to us. Where we should be, where it's talking about, well, we should love one another and stuff. Love Love and being a doormat, two different things. Everybody, you're not going to love you. You can try to be nice to them if you can. That's why I said, it, you know, to get along with everybody if, and that's a big if, if possible. Because everybody is not a child of God. A bunch of them are a child of the devil. If Jesus called them a child of the devil, then I am not wrong to repeat what Jesus says, am I? So this is why we study. Study what Jesus said. Study what Jesus did. Study what the apostles did, what they said, what they taught at the beginning, because the Bible is truth. And everything else that goes the opposite of the Bible, I cast it away from me. All right. Did I answer your question there? Amen. Thank you. Bless you. Okay. Bless you, too. And I'm saying call in again, because I'd like to know people are listening to me. I want to make sure this gets out there because it's time for us to stop sitting on the sideline and not having an understanding, especially when the Bible says, with all you're getting, get an understanding. My people perish for lack of knowledge. It ain't just saying something out there. It's not dead words on a dead page. Our God is alive and doing well. All right. You got any other questions? Nothing in the queue. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, I have to wonder how much of our problems that we have, both in, in fighting the demons and, and aligning ourselves with Father, have to do with um, our own internal control issues, that we want to be in control of everything. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the only time we can be in control of anything. When we're in the warfare, we're the ones that's supposed to do the fighting. He didn't say that he would fight our enemies for us. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality. He's telling us we're the ones going to have to fight that principality, that power, that uh, wicked ruler of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. We're supposed to be the one. So we got to use our thoughts according to what the word says and have weapons like coals of fire. That's in the book Old Testament in Psalms. There's also a thing about witchcraft. Let me see if I can find that real quick about how to fight witchcraft. There's so many people are going through an uh, attack of witchcraft right now, and they don't seem to find no way, no relief. But if they knew the word and have an understanding that God hides the weapons in the word, and then the more we look, the more we see, the more we understand, the more that we'll be able to battle. Uh, let me see where it's located here. 
It's in uh, in Micah, and I think it's the second chapter. Let's see. Yeah, Micah, the uh, second chapter and the first verse. This is a scripture you can use to fight against people who use witchcraft against you. But like as I say, it's hidden because you get to reading all this other stuff, you you get off track and say, well, I'm tired of reading, and then you miss it. So here it is. This is a weapon that's been hidden that we as saints, a two-edged sword in our mouth as we speak and believe in our thoughts. This will happen to the evil. It says, woe unto them that divide and uh, devise iniquity and work evil upon their beds. When the morning is light, they practice it because it is in the power of their hand. Remember, I told you hand means thought. So in other words, God is warning us through the prophet, Micah. He's warning us. He said, the evil people, they think they try to think evil all the time, how they can manipulate things. And that's what they do. They manipulate things. All of a sudden, you didn't love this woman. She done got you, cooked you some food, and next thing you know, you fall in love with her. Or this guy take you out on a date, and all of a sudden you got you got to drinking, and all of a sudden you're in love with him, and you know you didn't even like him. He done put a love portion in there. He done did something against you. He done paid somebody to put something on you to change your mind. It's a battle of the mind. That's why we have to have the scriptures so that we can battle back and stop the fiery darts of the enemy. It says, uh, number two, they covered fields and take them by violence and houses and take away, take them away so that the oppressed, that's us, a man or, or in his house, even a man and his heritage. In other words, the devil is here to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his job, and he's good at it. And he's got other people that he's teaching, but the church is not fighting back. They're not being taught how to fight back. They're not taught that there's weapons in this thing, that God didn't leave us down here naked, but he gave us all kinds of good weapons to fight back. Then it says, therefore, the third verse, therefore, says the Lord, behold, against his family do I devise an evil from which it shall not remove from their neck, neither shall they go haughty for this time is evil. In other words, he said, if you believe me, I give you weapons that you can fight back, and the evil will come upon them, and I'll watch to make sure my word does not come back void, but accomplish that what it is sent out to do. So that's what I'm talking about. We have weapons in there to fight the evil ones, but we have to know they're there, and we have to use them. Did I answer your question, Dorothy? Oh. Hello, are you there? Uh-oh. I'm trying to reopen my mic. <laughs> oh. Sometimes you click it and it doesn't do anything. And you go, oh, and, yes, okay. yes, thought, oh. yes, you hear me. <laughs> but yes, you answered my question. <laughs> it's just <dumb. laughs> uh, yeah, the, Oh, no, don't tell me. I didn't, yeah, disconnected. <laughs> but yes. I tell you, this has been good. I'm glad people are asking questions. I'm glad people are calling in. Because, as I say, I don't know it all. There's no way. But the Holy Spirit does. And a lot of times when people ask me questions, then the Holy Spirit will bring it to my remembrance of what I read or what I studied a long time ago. And it seems like it just it's just fresh in my mind. But it's not. 
I remember one time a supernatural thing happened to me. This lady I used to work with down in Tulsa. So if you ever hear a lady in Tulsa, I used to work for land crafters. Every time I'd come in every morning, she would have another biblical question to ask me. And I knew I did not know the answer. And I'd be sitting there and I said, Lord, I need an answer for this. And the Lord would tell me to walk. And I get to walking. And I walk slowly back and forth. And the next thing I know, the answer was to me. God brought it back to my remembrance. Just like he said, I will bring back those things to your remembrance of what I've said. If you got nothing in there, nothing else is coming out. Something in, the scriptures will come out. All right. Do we have anybody else? Not yet. We got okay. a couple of people now, in the queue who haven't raised their hands, so we'll see. Okay. They come up with a question. I hear. Okay. Now I've asked uh my host here, Dorothy, to start asking for donations, not to make nobody rich. I don't get a thing. I just want her to be blessed and I want y'all to bless her because she has me on this broadcast. And everybody knows Everything takes a little money to operate. It ain't got to be a lot, just some. And some people just don't realize two, three dollars here, four or five dollars there, and I know hundreds or thousands. Because I've been in land where they said, if you want the bigger blessing, you got to give the bigger amount. I don't give nothing. I keep it in my pocket and take it on home with me. All right, let's turn to Acts. Oh, but I need to finish this up too about uh, deliverance, uh, deliverance one on one. So let me go, go to. Matthew, the 12th chapter, and the the 18th verse. Everything is set up on prophecy. Everything is about the revelation of Jesus Christ. Even doing deliverance is a part of Jesus Christ, which was part of the scriptures, which was written way before that Jesus came up here. But you have to know what did the scriptures say and have an understanding of what does it mean. So Matthew, the 12th chapter and the 18th verse, it says, Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment unto the Gentiles. He will strive not, nor cry not, or either shall any man hear his voice in the street. A bruised reed shall not break. Smoking facts shall not be quenched until he sends forth judgment until victory. In other words, what God's word says it's going to do, ain't nobody going to be able to stop it until it's finished. That's just, as I say, it's hidden in the meaning there. That's what it means. And that it would go out to the Gentiles because the chosen ones, they uh, refuse to believe that the Messiah has came. They refuse to believe that Jesus or Yahshua was the, uh, the beloved of God. And that since they turned it down, then the, the revelation or the knowledge went out to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles are being saved because of the rejection of the Jews. Now, does that mean the Jews are going to go to hell? Nope. The, they, were, they were the ones who are the oracles or the keeper of God's word. And they uh, that understand, it would be just like us Christians. Every Christian who says they're Christian ain't going to heaven. But those who do the will, they will. Then it says, 22nd, they brought in him one possessed with devils. Now, the word devils, they changed it to, uh, 
in the King James, they put devils. In the other scriptures, they call it demons. But like I told you all earlier, there's four sets of spiritual wars, uh, spiritual beings, Lucifer, Satan, devils, then demons. Demons are the last of the list. But since they don't, they don't do deliverance, whoever wrote this up has never did deliverance. That's why he doesn't know or she doesn't know. And uh, he healed them insomuch that the blind and deaf both spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, is this not the son of David? The word David means the beloved. But when the Pharisees heard this, the fellows did ca- did, does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. Remember I told you about principalities? There are. There's kings, there's prince, and this is what they, uh, Beelzebub, he's a prince of the devils, okay? Then above him would be Satan, and above him would be Lucifer. And each one of those weapons, I mean, each one of those spirits, you'll have to fight with a different weapon. That's why you've got to be taught on how to fight spiritual warfare. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, everyone who's uh, kingdom is divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Remember, uh, uh, in my church, I have taught people that there are people that can read your thoughts. They do it by the Holy Spirit. Can the devil do that too? He can put thoughts in your mind. But it's God that can read your thoughts, and by the Holy Spirit, people can. That's why it says, and Jesus knew their thoughts, all right? Then he said, and it's Satan. Remember, we done, we done already talked about the devil. We already done talked about uh, demons. Now we're talking about Satan, okay? If Satan cast out Satan or fights against Satan, he is divided against himself, and how shall his kingdom stand? But if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom does your children cast them out? Therefore, shall they be your judges? What Jesus was talking about then, he was saying that uh, there are people that's able to do exorcism back in those days. They wasn't doing it in the name of Jesus. They were doing it in the uh, authority of God the Father. And they were using different things to do what we call exorcism. So exorcism is not something new. Then it says that they will be the ones that will judge you. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, understanding how the word works, then the kingdom of God is come upon you. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil or take away or rob his house? In other words, you cannot beat the devil unless you know how to beat the devil. Psalms 149, talking about putting them in chains, how to uh, capture the kings and the prince. We have to speak those things and believe that they're happening. We have to have angels to help us because the Bible says that the angels of the Lord encamp about them and deliver them. God's word always works, but you've got to believe. If you don't believe, it ain't going to work for you. It's just like you have a, a, a match and say, I'm going to light a fire. But if you never scratch that match to light the fire, that fire will never be lit. You've got to put some action with it. Then it says, 31st, and he that is not with me is against me, and he that gathers not from with me scatters abroad. 
Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Now, what does that mean? There's three that are in heaven. That is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Okay? The Holy Spirit is in us. That is given by the Holy Ghost. And it says, if you blaspheme the Father or blaspheme the Son, you will be forgiven if you ask to be forgiven. But if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, there is no forgiving in this world or the world to come. Remember, I told you, the Bible always interprets itself. So what is blaspheming of the Holy Ghost is to be able to see that this is a miracle of God and say the devil did it. So be very careful when you say, well, I don't think that's God. I think it's the devil that did it. You're so close to blaspheming the Holy Ghost, because if you know it's the Holy Ghost, then you're on your way to hell. It says, and whoever speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whoever shall speak against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, either in this world, neither in the world to come. Now, the only way you can blaspheme, you have to be saved first. You've got to be saved. And know that it's the Holy Spirit doing the miracle, and you saying it's the devil. All right. Let's keep on going here, because I, I want to get on to the other thing, too. Uh, Matthew, the 12th chapter, and uh, verse. It says, what well, they ask, well, what would be the, show us a sign? That's, a un, that's an unbelieving word. Always show me a sign. Prove to me, prove to me, prove to me. And Jesus said, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Remember I told you about uh, the marine world is in the water. It's in the water. It's under the under the earth, and it goes deeper even. But anyway, that's another teaching. And it said the men of We Nineveh, have a question. So, right? Oh, okay. I never know when to interrupt. Go ahead. Area code 913, no your mic is open. Yes, I was just wondering, is there a sin that is unforgivable? There's two sins that's unforgivable. One I just talked about, which is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you, you're you saved. You are saved. And you know that this man's eyesight that he just got uh, back was by the Holy Ghost. And you say it, the devil did it. In other words, you're looking at somebody like Jesus and say that you're doing it by bells above. And a lot of times people say, well, I don't believe in miracles and stuff. Well, that's your problem. If you want a miracle, I, I believe in miracles. But if you, you know that this person, all of a sudden, let's give an example, an addiction. This guy never was out drugs, every day with drugs. And all of a sudden somebody prayed for him and he got set free. And they said, well, the devil did that. He ain't really free. And you knew it was the Holy Spirit. And I know a lady that we prayed for, and this has been over 30-some years ago. Me and her, her, her cousin was praying because she was a dope addict. And every day, that's all she did. We prayed for her. The next day, she got a job, and she's been working ever since. That's been over 30 years ago. All right. Uh, also, the other thing, uh, blaspheming is unforgiveness. The Bible says if you don't forgive, he cannot forgive you either. Those are the only two that will send you to hell, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness and blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Did I answer your question? Yes, thank you. 
All right, then. You have any more questions? I was wondering about the levels of heaven. Okay. Now, the Bible teaches about three levels of heaven. Uh, the first level is the earth. The second level, level is the sky, and that's where the uh, demons are supposed to be in, that's in chains and stuff are in the second heaven. And then the third heaven, which is called paradise, and that's where Jesus reigned at. But if you study uh, the Jewish religion, they talk about ten heavens. And that's because the more you study, the more you'll understand. The tenth heaven, the tenth heaven is where God himself lives at. There is nobody there but God. And everything else in the ninth heaven and below is a little bitty dot in God. That's why when we think about God, there's no words that can describe him. There's nothing we can say about him. He has no form, no, no, uh, when we talk about his hands and all that, he has no hands and eyes. He's everything. He is just so, but it's the 10th heaven, then there's the ninth heaven, and it keeps all the way down until you get to the first heaven. Did I answer your question? Yes. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. You got any more before I get back to teaching? No, thank you. Thanks, Pastor James. All right. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Okay, well, let me get to the uh, 12th chapter of Matthew and the 40th verse. It says, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the well, the Son of Man shall be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Remember, I was telling you that that's, it's also talking about everything was created in water. If you go back to Genesis, it says that uh, the earth was void and darkness is on the face of the deep. Well, what is deep? Water. Water. Everything came out of the water. And the other thing, they're still in the water, things that we'll discover later on. Then it says, the men of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment of this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the repenting of the repreaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater one than Jonah is here. This is Jesus talking about himself. He's greater than Jonah. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost part of the earth. Get that? To hear the wisdom of Solomon. Behold, a greater than Solomon is here. The queen of the south is uh, Bathsheba. But it also, I told you, God hides things. He's also talking about what is in charge of that water. The queen. There's a queen. And that queen has kings and and dukes and all this other stuff. And as I say, it it take a lot of teaching about that. But to let you know, that's what it's talking about. The next verse, and as I tell you, the Bible always interprets itself. It says this. All of a sudden, we're talking about knowledge and stuff. And the first thing it goes to, when an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks around dry places seeking rest and finding none. Then he says, I will return unto my house. Remember I told you, they call your, your, your body their house. That's why they fight so hard not to be kicked out from whence I came out. And when he comes, he finds it empty. A lot of people say, well, you don't need to go through deliverance. Now listen to what it said before you make a judgment. It said it found it empty, swept, and garnished. Then he 
goes in and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell therein. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. What it was talking about, it was empty, clean, and garnished, but it had no Holy Spirit. It did, the person didn't study. He didn't feed the Holy Ghost inside of him, the spirit that's inside of him with the word of God. So if that, that demon that came back, he would say, oh, Jesus is in there and closed that door. But because there was nothing there, the empty part, that's what gives you the in- information, empty, then he came in with six, seven more demons bigger than himself so they wouldn't be able to kick him out as quick as they did before. One day I'll give you a teaching on why did those uh, pigs or the swine, why did the pig, uh, the demons went into the swine? There's a reason for that. Everything, everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason. But you have to take time to study. All right. And then here's the rest of this thing, because, see, not only do you have to know about deliverance and everything, you got to have an understanding, but you got to know what is the will of God and who are going to obey it. It says, number 46, and while they were yet talking with the people, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside desiring to speak with him because they had already said in, in prior scriptures where they said he is beside himself in other words they said jesus was crazy this was his brothers his sisters and his mother then he, then he said unto them behold thy mother and brothers are standing outside desiring to speak with you and he said answered and said unto them who is my mother who is my brother and he stretched forth his hand toward his Disciples are learners, those that want to learn of him, and said, Behold, my mother and my brother, for whoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same as my brother, sister, and mother. What was he talking about? Those that believe and understood the word and do the word, not be a hearer of the word only, but a doer of the word, those are the ones that's going to be rewarded. Those are the ones that's going to walk in spiritual power. Those are the ones that's going to have knowledge when this war get intensified, and it's getting ready to intensify. We've got to we got to put on our whole armor of God. We got to understand the scriptures to use, and and don't worry about you getting knocked down. Because if you get knocked down, the Bible says, though a righteous man gets knocked down seven times, complete, that means he can still get back up on the eighth. And say, never give up. That's the thing, never give up. All right. Well, let me t- see how much time we have. I really appreciate y'all calling in and everything. It really helped me with the time flying through. But I'd be praying. I said, Lord, if you don't tell me what to say, <laughs> I don't know what to do. So let's turn to Acts the 15th chapter. Now you can still call in. Acts, the 15th chapter, starting with the first verse. Acts, the 15th chapter. And this is another thing about signs, wonders, and miracles. Everything, all through the book we've been reading, is signs, wonders, and miracles. And here it is. It says, and a certain man came down from Judea, taught his brother, and said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. There's always some religious people going to come in and say, well, you got to do this and you got to do that and don't have to do this and you don't have to do that. But as I say, go back and read the scriptures. See what the scriptures says and obey them. 
the, they say the just shall walk by faith. It's even written in that the just shall walk by his faith. It also says, first of all, you must believe that God is. You got to believe there is a God, a rewarder. See, they added on it. You got to have it. And a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Seek him by reading the scriptures. Therefore, Paul and Barnabas, with no small dissension, disrupted with them. They determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain of them should go up to Jerusalem, which means foundation of peace, unto the apostles and elders about this question. What question? Do you have to be circumcised? Whoa. I don't know about y'all, but you men, they know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You don't want to go through that when you're already grown. If you ain't done it as a baby, don't do it. And being brought to their way to the church, they passed through uh, Phinitus and Samaria and declared the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy into all the brethren. In other words, Gentiles is a person who were not a Jew, and they got the, they heard the scriptures, the prophecies, and they believed it and gave their life to the Christ. And when they went, came up to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and the apostles and, and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them, the Holy Spirit working with them. How? Through the word of God, with them. Then rose up certain of the set of Pharisees which believed, saying that it is needful to circumcise them and command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders came together, for to consider this matter. In other words, they're trying to figure out, do you got to be so legalistic that you got to get circumcised. And when they had uh, much dispute, Peter rose up and said, men and brothers, you know how the uh, good while ago God made choice among us and the Gentiles. By my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe it. The word of the gospel. What is the word of the gospel? It is the revelation of Jesus Christ all through the Bible. Understand that he is the king. He is the God. He is the one that was spoken from everlasting to everlasting. He is I am that I am. He is uh, Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end, the first and the last. It's all about him. It's all about him. And God, knowing the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. And put no difference between them, uh, between us and them, purifying their heart or mind by faith. The battle is in the mind. That's why it says, uh, uh, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto uh, to God, which is your reasonable servant. It's talking about your mind. That be, before, uh, therefore, you know, uh, change your thought life. Change the things that you lust at to where things you're going to be praising God for. Just because the thought of lust coming in your mind don't make you guilty until you dwell on that thing. But cast it out as soon as it comes, because it ain't nothing but the devil trying to put that in you. Now, test verse. Now, why therefore test or tempt God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers or we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved, even as they. We are saved by what? Belief, belief in Jesus Christ. What did Jesus say? We obey the word. He is the word. 
Then 12, it says, Then all the multitude kept silent and gave audience to Bartimaeus and Paul, declaring, And what miracles, you remember I told you, signs, wonders, and miracles, what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And then after they held their peace, James answered and said, Men and brothers, hearken unto me. James was the half-brother of Jesus Christ who did not believe in him until after the resurrection. He's not one of the original disciples, but he became the leader of the church. He was over Peter in them. Simon had declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name or his authority. And to this agreed the word of the prophets. Remember I told you, the whole gospel, the good news is all about prophecy, prophecy. And this is written, after this, I will return and rebuild again the tabernacle of David, which is down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set them up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord, and all Gentiles upon whom my name is called, said the Lord, who does all these things. In other words, it's going to be a revival. It's going to be a mighty revival. God always repeats things. It's going to be at least two or three times. Well, the last time is coming up now. It's going to be a mighty revival for those that know their God or know the word of God and know how to operate. Know unto God that all these works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore, my sentence is that we trouble you not, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. In other words, he said, I don't want to put a whole bunch of stuff on you, but God ain't put a lot of stuff on you. He just wants you to be able to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love neighbors as yourself. In other words, do unto others the way you'd like them to do unto you. But everybody's not going to do you right. So just remember that. So don't be so disappointed or hurt when somebody stabs you in the back, when they lie on you, when they steal from you, they smile in your face and act like they love you and they don't. The laws that were given to us is in uh, 20, it says, because the Jews had to follow 613 laws. Thank God we don't have to do 613 laws every day. But here's what it says. But that we write unto them that to abstain from pollution of idols, don't have no other God before our God, from fornication, stop having sex outside of marriage, get married from strange things, strangled things. In other words, don't don't eat uh, food that died of itself. You don't know what's in there. It might be some kind of uh, virus from blood. In other words, you don't know what's in that blood because the Bible says the life is in the blood, and you're drinking this animal blood and stuff. And if you notice, cannibals, they drink human blood. Uh, animals eat human blood when they can and stuff like that. And then you got people who are drinking human blood thinking they're going to get power from them, which they might do because that's spiritual stuff. It says, for, uh, for Moses has old time and then preached unto him, being read in the synagogue every Sabbath day. Sabbath day means on Saturday. Then please get to the apostles and elders and the whole church. They chose men of their own companions to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, uh, Jude, surnamed Barnabas and uh, Silas, Chief men among the brethren. When it says chief, like they talk about, well, Paul was the chief of the, of the apostles. No, he wasn't. That means he was respected among the apostles. He was one of the most respected men in that time. Everybody knew Paul because here he was killing the, the apostles and all that, and then all of a sudden he's one of them. And they wrote a letter by them after this man, the apostles and elders and brothers sending greetings to the brothers who are in uh, of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and 
Philea. Uh, for as much we have heard that certain of uh, certain went out from us to trouble you with words, subverting your soul, saying you must be circumcised keep, and keep the law, and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. In other words, they're being misled, mistaught, because they, uh, just like nowadays, you know, you can't keep no 613 laws every day. No, you're going to mess up. But it also says that you ain't going to be walking in grace and sinning every day either. So in other words, there's a thing that you need to do. Find out what, what it takes to please God, and that is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love God's people and to love God's word and do unto them like you'd have them do unto you. All right? As I say, not as they do unto you, but as they should do unto you. It is good uh, unto us being assembled in one accord, sent chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have hazarded their life in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent, therefore, Judas and Cyrus, who shall also tell you the same thing by mouth. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. It seems good unto the Holy Ghost, you notice this, unto the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burdens than these necessary things, that you abstain from meat offered unto idols, not only the meat, but don't, uh, like if you're getting ready to eat with somebody and and they have, uh, let's say they pray to Buddha over the meat, then you don't eat it. Now, if they uh, prayed over the meat and you didn't see it, then you ain't got to worry about it. You go ahead and eat it. Because the Gentiles are going to be looking at you to see if you're going to worship that idol or not, okay? And from blood and from things strangled and from fornication, from which if you keep yourself, you do well. Fare you well. And say, so when you are dismissed, so when they were dismissed and Eric, they went together into the multitude together to deliver the epistle. Epistle means letter, which when they read, they rejoiced with the consultants and Judas and Cyrus, being prophets themselves, exhorted or warned the brothers with many words and confirmed them. In other words, told them what they do need to do, how to live right, and to be blessed. And after they had tarried, one of the ways of getting blessed, God said, he who gives to the poor lends unto God. So if you give it to the poor, taking care of the poor and stuff, you lend it to God, and God ain't going to let you give more than he gives. After that, they tarried in space. Uh, there for a space, and they will go into peace where the brothers until unto uh, the apostles. Notwithstanding, it pleased Cyrus to have been there a while. Bar, uh, Paul also and Barnabas contend in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others. Remember, all signs and wonders and miracles were happening. And you can teach people how to operate in the spirit realm. And the way you operate in the spirit realm is, first of all, Stop trying to figure God out. God's already worked it out. All you have to do is walk it out. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let's go again and visit the brethren in every city where we preach the word or where the prophecies that were went forth of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark. Paul thought it's not good to take him with him, who departed from them at uh, Pasilia and went not with them into the work. In other words, Paul said, I ain't taking Mark with me. He's nothing but a coward. He should have been there to work with us, and now he backed out. But here's somebody else having grace 
on him and said, look, look, let me take him with me. Let me take him with me. And so they got into a big argument, Paul and Barnabas. Then it says, uh, you see this? Oh, yeah, we're almost there. All right. And so let me start at 37. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from, I already read that, and went not unto them to work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one another. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, and Paul took Cyrus and departed, being commended by the brother unto the grace of God. In other words, they were kind of mad at each other. They were really mad at each other. But because we are the children of the Most High God, we try to get over our arguments discords or anything else as quick as possible. That's why it says, do not let the sun go down on a raft. In other words, try to make make up as fast as you can. Then it says in the last verse, it says, and he went into Cyrus and Celia confirming the churches. See, that's the difference between nowadays. We used to have people that were spiritual. We do some places. We had spiritual people they could actually walk into a church, know what's going on because the Spirit of God is operating in them. That's why it says those that are spiritual knows all things and themselves are not judged by any man, any man. But you got to be spiritual, that you have the mind of Christ, and that you would teach them how to walk in the spirit realm. And so we don't walk after the flesh, but we walk after the spirit. And the spirit means understanding how does the spirit realm work? How does it operate? How does God wants us to operate in the spirit realm? He gives us orders, and the orders are that we love the word and obey the word. Then we put it to practice. And as we put it to practice, we win souls. For the Bible tells us he who wins souls is wise. The more we show love, then we can win souls. But if we're going to be like a taskmaster, taking the Bible and hitting them in the head, you sinner, you, you're on your way to hell and all this, instead of trying to win them. Some people you might have to hit in the head. Everybody is not the same. Everybody, you can't just say, listen, you need to turn around, you need this. You need. Some people you need to let them know, hey, look, the word says all liars. How many people are that? All liars will have their part in the lake of fire. And the tempest, timid. And the unbelieving, well, I don't believe that. Yeah, you're going to have your part in the lake of fire. Well, I'm scared to say anything. They might criticize me and stuff. They might talk about me. You're going to have your part in the lake of fire. All you do is go look in the book of Revelation. See, a lot of churches won't even touch the book of Revelation. They don't want to hear that. But I'm trying to tell you, everything in God's word is going to come to pass, and nothing's going to come back void. Everything that you need to know is in the scriptures. And that's why I'm reading the book of uh, Acts. Because every, everything we done read so far, from 1 through 15, is signs, wonders, and miracles in all of that. And we still got until the, uh, the 28th chapter of Acts. And even there, it's going to be signs, wonders, and miracles. And if you will put it to practice, and this is what I tell you, Put the word to practice, your word. Don't don't let the word get away from you. Make it that way. You, you speak personally to yourself that God wrote you the letter. When he says, beloved, I love you, put your name in there. I put it in there. My name is James. 
Jesus said, I love you. I said, thank you, Lord. I love you too. And I say, I want to be a good and faithful servant. And then he'll say, we'll enter into the joy of the Lord. See, when you say one thing, he'll say one thing. If you say nothing, he says nothing. If you, uh, if you use idle words and be profanity and all of that and everything, it's going to be used against you. But if you use kind words and talk good things, then that's going to be helpful for you. For they says, uh, every idle word will be judged. By your language, you'll either be condemned or pardoned. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be condemned. I want to be pardoned. So that means I got to show what I'm speaking. I got to walk the walk, and that's the way with all of us. Yes, we're going to mess up from time to time. Yes, we're going to fall down from time to time. We're not going to be perfect every day, but you ain't got to be a, a, a in the mud every day either. Get up and fight. Get up and fight back. When somebody's working witchcraft against you, I done gave you some scriptures. Read those those scriptures and fight back. Don't be so lazy where you can't read your, your Bible. If I came over to your house, I hope it's not like well, some of mine has got dust on it. You want to be able to read your Bible at least once a day. At least once a day. If, if it's no more than a, a scripture. Because, hey, if you was hungry and starving, a little a little meat would make you happy. A little drink of water would make you happy. And that's why the Bible says we're hungry and thirst after righteousness. That means to do what's right. Then we'll have the things that God has for us. Miracles upon miracles. As I said, I don't know about y'all churches, but we still see blind eyes open, deaf ears open, legs stretch out. Uh, mighty works of God in all the churches that I be at, and it's not me doing it, it's Jesus himself. Now, I've got anybody else got any questions and stuff, you can call in. And Dorothy, can you give them where to send them uh, PayPal again? Okay, the call-in number is 646-595-4784. And press 1 to raise your hand. The PayPal email is dchurchy1 at hotmail.com. That's D-C-H-U-R-C-H-Y number 1 at hotmail.com. My maiden name was Church. I'm not saying I'm churchy. <laughs> 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 That's a good one. <laughs> uh, I hear you. Well, do you have any questions or or any comments? I don't have any. I don't have any questions or comments right now, um, and no one's raised their hand, so you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear you. Well, I don't want to get started until okay, 16 until next someone week. Someone just raised their hand. Okay. Someone just, that right. happens every time I say, almost every time I say that. Um, <laughs> area code 913605. Oh, I've got to open your mic. Uh, I opened your mic, area code 913605. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, Pastor James, I have a question. I have ran across people that when it comes time to pray or read the Bible or uh, uh, anything in church, they start to fall fall asleep. What causes that? Okay. 
there's a spirit. Um, I forgot the name of that spirit. But one of the things that can break up that, uh, break his hole is get an anointed handkerchief, one that's been prayed over and uh, anointed with oil, frankincense, myrrh, and olive oil. And you lay that up on top of that person's head, and a lot of times it will break because of the prayer and the oil. It will break that curse on them. I forgot the name of that spirit, though. There's a name for him, too. Just like there's a, a spirit that gives people nightmares. And his name is Nightmare. Oh. Well, sir, I, okay. I, have, I, have, I have another question. Okay. Uh, you know, when, the, when Jesus asked for the disciples to pray and stay up with him, they, they all fell asleep. Was, was that demonically influenced, or was that just their weakness? Okay. The Bible says, as I always say, the Bible interprets itself, that he said that the spirit is willing, but the flesh was weak. In other words, they had been up, they were just physically tired. But Jesus wanted them to fight through, to fight through. A lot of times uh, we'll look at something and we say, oh, I'll look at this program, and you can watch that program 24-7, and your eyes will be wide open. But then I say, hey, let's study the Word of God. I'm so sleepy, I can't hardly move. That's that's because mentally we become fatigued when it comes down to the things of God most of the time. But we have it's a fight, and so we have to fight on through. So that's why I said about, you know, Jesus said that the, uh, the spirit was willing, but the flesh, it was weak. So that was not uh, any type of mnemonic influence then? No. Okay. No, because if it was, that's... Jesus would have told him. Okay. Satan that's had what... come to make you sleepy. <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't know if that was Satan's way to battle, uh, you know, against him by, uh, mm-hmm. by knocking down the power of prayer. Yeah. They were just tired. That's why he came back the third time. He said, Go ahead and sleep now. It's over with. Y'all didn't y'all wasn't there to help me when I prayed. And he had warned them what was gonna to happen too, about how they would desert him and everything and even though they said, Oh no, we'll go to Jerusalem, we'll die with for you. We'll die with you. But you understand when it came time to be arrested and stuff, they ran so some of them ran so fast they ran butt naked. <laughs> Uh-huh. The first streaker in the Bible, I think it was Mark. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, that's that's all of my questions. Okay. Well, I thank you, Paul, for calling in, and I thank all you people for calling in because this helps me. Is uh, when you, when you make me have to draw up on the living water, it make it refreshes me, and I learn things at the same time, or things I thought I didn't know. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit brings it back to my remembrance, and it feels good. <laughs> all right. Here we don't have any more. Uh, yes. What are, what, are, what are the different levels of heaven? Because you always hear about the seventh heaven, the second heaven, the third mm-hmm. heaven. 
what's in the different different uh, levels of heaven? Okay. Now, uh, I haven't studied that in a while, but I know what some of the levels are. And the, the, the greatest level is the tenth level. And the tenth means uh, wholeness. Wholeness. Ten means holiness. And in the tenth Hebrew letter is Yud, which represents eternity or God. That's where his name came, Yuhei So the tenth heaven is the tenth letter, okay? And that's where God okay. is all by himself. There's nobody there but God. There's nobody can be even squeezed into that. It's all God all by himself. The next heaven, uh, the ninth heaven is the authority. You have angels in, in the authority level, which is the, uh, I believe it's the seraphims that are there. The seraphims are the ones who sit closer to the throne of God to protect him and everything, not that he needs any protection. Then down below there is the uh, eighth level. I don't know what's there. I think it's the treasure house of of the uh, weather. I'm not sure. I have to look it up. It's in the book of Enoch, I believe. And then the seventh heaven is where God the Father is. Now, wait a minute. You're talking about there's God the Father? Yes, there's God the big G-O-D. In fact, in Hebrew, they leave out the O, so it's G-D. He's there by himself, but under him so he could have fellowship with us. He created other beings of himself. In the seventh heaven is God the Father. God the Father is in the seventh heaven. So when we call on Abba, we're actually talking about the one in the seventh heaven. Then keep up under there. Then we have uh, cherubs, and we also have orphans and all other kind of angels and stuff. There's no names for I mean, God knows them all, but we don't. But we keep on coming down until we get to the third heaven. And the third heaven is the Holy Ghost and Jesus, the Son of God. He's in the third heaven. We call it uh, paradise. And in the paradise is where he sits up his reign. That's where when we when we get uh, translated and everything, we're going to the third heaven for the wedding supper. And then as soon as the wedding supper is over, we're coming back here on the earth to take control of the earth. A lot of people talking about I'm getting a mansion in heaven and all this and everything. And you ain't going to be there that long. You're just there for the wedding, and then we come back here, and we'll rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. At the end of a thousand years, Satan will be let out of the pit again, and he will be up here to trick people again to try to get away for those that had been born after the uh, rapture and stuff for them to be tested to see if they really want to be in heaven or, or on earth with God. After that, judgment's going to happen. Then God, the Father in the seventh heaven, is going to come down to be in the earth with us. And that way it will be the Father and the Son operating here and will be with them forever, which is called the eighth day. The second heaven is where they have, well, it's the book of Jude and the book of Peter talks about the uh, angels that lost, left their first estate. They're in chains. That's where we have Psalms 149, that where we can put the kings and princes in, uh, better word, lockdown. We can lock them down. 
Now, they ain't always staying there because it's only really, there was 200 uh, that got bound in that heaven. But God let one loose. And he, because they said it was unfair, you know, they, they could, how can they test the human race unless they have somebody here who's in charge, a big general who's in charge of the demons and stuff here. Then the uh, first heaven is where we're at, where the uh, mankind resist, uh, lives upon the earth and stuff. So did I answer most of it for you? I think he dropped, but there is someone else with a oh, raised okay. hand. Okay. Um, area code eight one six two seven eight. Good afternoon, or excuse me, good evening, uh, Pastor Vivian. Good afternoon, Tamika. <laughs> well, I have a question. <laughs> it's a bit off subject. But I was wondering, okay. being that I've been, um, I've been watching a lot of uh, so-called, I guess, prophets lately, and a lot of people who has had near-death experiences or have mm-hmm. gone gone to heaven or hell. But in particularly, there's been an array of uh, people or women that's come back and said that. Jesus, they saw Jesus, and Jesus, um, they were in hell for uh, basically wearing, women wearing makeup, straightening their hair, and um, wearing jewelry. Now, I'm African-American, and I like to straighten my hair from time to time for the convenience of get up and go. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that biblical? I mean, what does Jesus say about that? I mean, what well, uh, okay. uh, well, women go to hell for wearing makeup or straightening her hair? Okay, that's remember. I always tell you the Bible what always interprets itself. Uh huh. So let's go to Isaiah, and I think it's the third chapter. So let's see here. See, you'd have to, uh, there's some other scriptures that we'd have to put in there with this, but we'll just go to Isaiah, the third chapter right now. Okay. Let's see. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me see. Let me see here. Uh, it's been so long since I had to go to this thing. Um, well, I had to kind of glance through right quick. I want to make sure where it talks about the women. Okay, let me try to read here. For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, that's taken away from Jerusalem and from uh, Judah, the stay and staff of a host. Uh, stay of bread and the whole stay of water, the mighty men and the men of war, the judges and the prophets and the prudent and the ancient. What this is talking about, God has got people down here that were supposed to be, supposed to be prophets and prophetess and all this. But everybody ain't always uh, doing what they're supposed to be done. In other words, some are called and some just went. 
The capitals of 50 and honorable men and counselors and cunning artifacts and eloquent orators. In other words, they speak such uh, eloquently that people just, whoa, they're just swooned or enchanted by them speaking. I will give you children to be their princes, and babies shall rule over them, and the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and uh, everyone by his neighbor. The children shall behave themselves proudly against the ancient or the older people, and the base against the honorable. And the man shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father, and say, Thou hast clothing, be our ruler, let this ruin being up on your head. In other words, here are these people been disobeying God, ain't listening to God. Now they're going to try to try to find somebody and put it up on them. It says, in that day he shall swear, saying, I will not be a healer or any of my house, either bread or clothing, nor make me a ruler of the people. For Jerusalem is ruined and Judea is falling because their tongues and they're doing against the Lord to provoke the eyes of his glory. In other words, as I just explained, they've been going the opposite of what God says. They mess it up, and then we keep on going. Because we're going to get to the word. It says close. I, I see it already. And see, let me skip down to it. Let's smite the crowd. Let's go to 17th verse. Or the 16th verse. Moreover, the Lord said, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty, walking and stretching and wanting neck and wanting eyes, walking and missing as they go and making tingling with their feet. Therefore, the Lord will smite the scab of the crown of their head, the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret parts. In other words, it's talking about the church. It's actually talking about the people of God. Because they're doing what they want to do. They're uh, trying to use makeup to cover up themselves and stuff and to seduce men. Cause that's why if you read up earlier, it talks about Sodom and Gomorrah and all that. And that's what the Balaam did to trick the children of Israel so that Balak would have control over them. And also uh, when, when the, the Israelites came out of Egypt and they crossed over the, the sea and everything, the sin that they got back into was uh, the sin of Balaam where they were just having wanted sex, just openly sex and everything else and everything, and they was painting their eyes and everything. That's what he's talking about. And that's because you wear makeup or jewelry and stuff. That's not going to send you to hell, but it's, I told you, it's, it is the hidden part. So in the 18th, it says, in, the, in that day the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments from their feet and their calves, ankle bracelets. That's why I tell people, women... Stay away from the ankle bracelet because a lot of mm-hmm. times they, it's just like a tattoo. They bring curses on you, and they're mm-hmm. round tired like a, a moon. The chains and the bracelets and the muffets, the veils, the, the bonnets, and the ornaments of the leg, the headbands, the tablets, and the earrings, the uh, rings and nose uh, nose jewelry. You see these girls with uh, uh, what are they those. Uh, Earrings in their tongues and all that, in their nose and all that. Changeable suits of apparel. In other words, they had a certain way that you had to wear clothes. You couldn't mix uh, cotton with uh, wool and all that. So that's what he was talking about. But it's all talking about the way the church was. In other words, having all these phylactery looking like they're looking good on the outside, but inside they're full of dead man's bones. That's the church. And then it says, uh-huh. and the 
Mm-hmm. And the glasses and linen and the hoods and veil, and it shall come to pass that instead of sweet smelling things, uh, they'll be stinking. Instead of garments, they'll uh, they'll be uh, wrenched. And instead of well kept hair, baldness. Instead of uh, stomach girdling stuff. And see, when it says well kept hair, God ain't told us uh, the women to go to church with their hair hanging all over their head. He tells us to go ahead and fix the women's hair, to fix their hair up. The Bible even tells you that uh, Esther, when she got ready uh, to get a husband, namely to get that guy, she fixed herself up. And the Bible tells that we're supposed to do it. But there are women that fix themselves up just to seduce people. And it's just like there's men that dress real tight to seduce women. That's what it's talking about. That's what will get you in hell is trying to get somebody else to do sin when you know that you ain't supposed to. So, did I answer your question? Yes, seduction. Okay. Yes, that aired mm-hmm. uh, up a lot of confusion for me. All right. You got any other questions? Uh, no, I don't. I was just uh, curious about that mm-hmm. one because I was, you know, going back and forth trying to figure out because the person who had, you know, the people who had said this, Sort of thing mm-hmm. was saying that God was mad because um, the church is conforming to the world, and I'm like, the world does not own the, the right to, you know, fly out is mm-hmm. not of the world. I'm flying out of my hair or wearing makeup, I don't see that of the world mm-hmm. because if I the, am a, um, yeah, if I consider myself beauty, well, I want to de- decorate myself and just mm-hmm. look nice. You know, I appreciate yeah. what the Lord has given me, and I want to. You know, highlight some of my okay. features. I don't think that God would be okay with that. Well, <laughs> the easiest way to just the easiest way to of doing that is is it seductive? Are you trying to no. seduce some man? That's the easiest no. way of judging it. All right. Well, thank you for calling. I want to thank everybody who listened on the broadcast today. I see it's already eight o'clock already. Time for new beginnings. <laughs> so I would like to pray for everybody here on the radio for for God to give you wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of his son, that the word of God will be made flesh in you, where the words will be tattooed into your heart or into your mind, that you'll be able to discern the seasons and the times that we're here and the purpose that you're here for. And for those who don't know, have understanding that we're here to please God. Not ourselves. We're here to please God. For we're his workmanship. We're made on his will, his pottery. He's the one who's forming us. And if he doesn't find a flower in us, he'll break it out. He'll reveal it to us. And our job is to change. And because of that, we'll make God a happy God. And it says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. When we make God happy, he makes us happy. And you got to remember, everything that goes wrong or everything goes bad ain't the devil and ain't God all the time, but it's a test. The world that we're in is just a dress-up room. It's a test. Don't get so caught up on the test that, oh, you always want to beat yourself up or can't understand why everything goes wrong. It's only a test, and it only lasts so long. Sooner or later, you're going to graduate to the next level, to the next devil, and beat that devil up and go to the next level. Our job is to overcome the spirit of darkness. And I want to pray, Father, that their eyes will be open, 
their ears will be made ready, that their uh, hands will be able to bless folks, that they'll have the gospel in their stomach and come out like living water. We, we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And we all say amen. Amen. And I now turn it back over to you. Can I just say something to Tamika? Is she on there? Um, yeah, she's still there. She, her mic's not open, so she okay. can't reply. But I just want to say to her, as a woman, there are churches that teach that a woman has to wear a dress. A woman has to do this. A woman can't wear short sleeves. They're trying to get you back under the law when they do that. Because it's not so important what's on the outside. It's what's in your heart. Father looks in your heart. And he is certainly not going to send anyone to hell who likes to look nice. I mean, that's what we we women like to do that. We like to dress up and look nice. Not necessarily for men, but for ourselves. So don't let them do that to you, honey. Just don't. Because that is such a burden that they try and place on women, you know, it, mm-hmm. and it annoys me. Well, well, like I said, the two things, the way you judge things, is it seductive? And are you dressing to seduct, seduce somebody? Or is it godly? They make choice. You know, because I say, I see men that wear the pants so tight. <laughs> and that's, and they're doing it for seductive reading and talk about, well, I just want to look good. Yeah. No, that ain't not the truth. That is not the truth. <laughs> I'm saying a lot of the times when you be looking at the, they say they, you don't let the, uh, the, what they call it, the fox in the hen house. A lot mm-hmm. of these preachers, they be, mm-hmm, you don't let the fox in the hen house. Well, you, the hens better keep the fox out of there. And you, and you, uh, so, uh, the brothers and stuff that's going through, don't get caught in the hen house because the farmer's going to kill you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> until next time, I'm gonna see, I see we went over today. And, yeah, just uh, a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know what's going to be except for Act 16 next week. And I'm getting ready to go out of town soon. With all broadcast from out of town, I'm going to Atlanta, Georgia. I got a church service. I'll be down there for a couple of days, and then I come back, and then I go to Dallas. But I want to thank you again, Dorothy, for letting me be on this broadcast and everything. I'm starting to get a few calls from now. And uh, oh, last week, my good friend, yeah. my good my good friend Jamal was with me. He came to the church, so I was glad to see him. And so was the church. Oh, when he was traveling last week for work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, you have a blessed day, and all of you people be blessed, and I'll talk to you all again, Lord's will, in two weeks. Thank you, Pastor James. You have a blessed night as well. And everyone have a blessed couple of weeks. Shall we talk to you again on Signs, Wonders, and Miracles? And good night. And good night.